0: The world tells us that life can be happily ever after. The princess gets her man. If you talk about the hard places, the rat race of life, the stress of working 60 hours a week to buy the bigger house, with partners passing like two ships in the night, stress and comparison can have one deciphering who's a better parent, a better spouse or financial provider, or maybe you just married the wrong person. On today's show, we're discussing how to become the CEO, of your divorce. Let's do this. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pleka and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas, comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. So today on Motherhood Mindset, we're talking to Megan Norris, an attorney and certified life coach. She helps impasse become the CEO of their divorce, creating the best divorce possible and a life so good it doesn't make sense afterwards. Welcome to the show, girl. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. When we're reading about your bio, it says she helps impasse. So, for our listeners out there who are wondering, what is an empath?
1: Tell us more. My own personal definition of empath is it is somebody who is highly sensitive to the emotions of others, can read a room like a boss, tends to mold themselves very well into whatever they need to be in those moments to keep the peace, get a certain result, make everybody happy, people, person. And sometimes that really works for us. And sometimes it's at our own expense. Yeah, because oftentimes we wear our emotions on our sleeves, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or sometimes we pretend to have certain emotions that we don't really have. Like we're fine when we're really not. And we don't want to have needs. And so there's this, this sort of this sliding scale. And my mission is to empower empaths to use their skills, their people skills for them. To drop out of the parts of that that don't serve us as much. At the end of the day, I think when we can do that, it's like a superpower. Definitely.
0: Because I know a lot of my friends are this way too. And just being an empath, you feel all the feels and you want to help everybody and you want to say yes to everything. And it can be a lot sometimes.
1: Learning to say no
0: is so hard. (laughs) Yeah. And that's actually, I believe how I discovered you, you were talking about boundaries, which that is in my wheelhouse. I love talking about it. You don't have to be going through a divorce. you You need boundaries really to create freedom. So that is how I found you. and okay, then I saw your topics and I started sending them to people that I knew were going through divorce, and they're like, "Tell me more. Where is her account?" And then listeners, when they found out that I was interviewing you, they're like, they had extra questions. So yes, (laughs) I'm excited about this today. I love it. Bring it. (laughs) Let's talk about it. It's really a miracle when two imperfect people can even come together and create a successful life. Tell us something, Megan, something unique about you, maybe something that the audience would love to know that maybe you haven't even shared on social media.
1: Mm, Okay. I don't know if I've shared this on social media, but I think this will be juicy for them. I decided in the summer of 2021 that I was going to pursue divorce. And I had the conversation with my then spouse. And shortly after I had a therapy session with my then therapist, love therapy. And she said, okay, we're going to need a plan because this is going to be hell. It's going to be a long year. It's going to be really expensive. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And we just need to get you through it. And I, I was, you know, rolling up my sleeves. I was like, "Okay. Okay, hell check. Yeah. Expensive check. Long check. Here we go. I'm I I can do this." And I got off the call with her and I was I already was a life coach. So I had those tools and skill set and ways of thinking in my in my brain. And I got off that call with her and I had this divine download moment where I sat in this very chair actually and said, oh, wait, she just told me a story about how this is going to go. And that's optional. What if it was going to be quick? What if it was going to be amicable, cheap, and I was going to do it with love and clarity and kindness no matter what? And I decided in that moment to shut out all the advice, all the podcasts I was consuming, all the books, because they were all coming from this lens of, you just have to survive this. And I decided I was going to thrive through it and lead my family well. And from that moment forward, I shut out all the voices, all the friends, all the family, all the books. And I just said, okay, I don't know if I can do this quickly or amicably, but I'm going to show up as if that is inevitable. And I am not going to go down the road of litigating or fighting over things that don't matter. It turned out that five months later, we were able to mediate it without attorneys. 30 days after that, it was final. So it was six months total. It was a very intense six months, but then it was done and it was amicable, and it was what I call our best divorce possible. So that's not available to everyone, but everyone has a best divorce possible for their family. And that's what these shifts can help you achieve. It was just a God thing. It was like the universe was like, no, no, this is going to be your work. I love this story because it's easy to look at an expert and be like,
0: well, they've been there, done that. They make a lot of money. Talking about this, divorce lawyers, attorneys, coaches. So, this is how it's going to be. But you were thinking outside the box. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be this way. I've seen where celebrities, you know, uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, it's been seven years and they're still, God help them, trying to get through this process. And I have friends who they just wrote on a piece of paper and divided it up. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's really how the other partner is. I'm sure there's a lot of egos at stake playing chess, you know, with the power and, Oftentimes as life coaches and podcasters and speakers, we come from this place of struggle, this place of hardship. And we want to like be a mentor and grab the person behind us and really save them like five years of heartache. So I really applaud you for taking this experience and being like, look, I just want to help. All right. So you talked about being the CEO of your
1: divorce. What what does mm-hmm. that mean? That means that you take radical responsibility for your mindset and how you show up in it, no matter what anyone else is doing or saying. That is hard. It's a tall order. You know, we have conscious uncoupling on one end of the spectrum, which is where everyone's fantasy. Thank you, Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) Thank you, Gwyneth Paltrow, for coining that term. And then there's at the other end of the spectrum, litigation and really ugly divorces. Most of us aren't going to fall on either end of that spectrum. So if you're in the middle where it's not necessarily we're just uncoupling together, but it's also not we don't need to be in front of a judge yet. Yeah. How do you navigate that in a way that feels empowering instead of like it's happening to you instead of like you're a victim of it? And it's hard when the entire narrative around divorce is pretty scary, especially for moms. It's not a pretty picture that's painted. I am determined to be part of a shift that happens so that women who are going through divorce or looking at that as a choice have evidence in front of them that says it doesn't have to be worse. It doesn't have to be horrible. It can be better.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point because I do have friends who have said, well, you know, I want to tell my story because he's going ahead of me and saying all these things and you want to get it out to the world and that's not really true and you want to make your mark and we don't
1: really even have to do that, do we? no. In fact, if you take all of the time and energy that you spend trying to solve for your negative emotion and things like that, right? So that feels uncomfortable to us to feel like someone's out there lying about us. We want to right the wrong. You can't do that. You can't stop him. And the more you try, the worse it gets. You feel terrible. It doesn't create a result that you love. If you take all that time and energy, you channel it towards creating a result that you love, your life is going to blow your mind. You can feel terrible. I can feel sad and be grieving this thing over here, but I don't need to fix it. I can channel all of that action and energy into results that I want that feel good for me and that move my life forward. Absolutely. You said you don't need to fix
0: it. There's so many things outside of our control, but there are quite a few that give us power to really find your freedom. Someone said once there's a thin line between love and hate. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can see how that line would be super thin when you're going through all the processes and there's so much emotion and the kids are involved and they start using little things like, well, you can't go out of town or you can't do this. And they start, you know, creating all these obstacles for you. You had offered three
1: actionable steps to becoming the CEO of your divorce. Let's go through those. Okay. So the first one is to set a goal and get into action. So if you're in a divorce right? You're not divorced yet. You're trying to navigate that legal process. Your goal is to get divorced. (laughs) That's the ultimate end result that you want, right? Your best divorce possible. What action can you get into today to move the needle forward on that? There's a. It's so easy to get into procrastination and to avoid calling your lawyer, getting the paperwork, having a conversation because it's scary. But if you can set a goal and get into action, that's step one. Okay. Step two, Get clear on your priorities so that you can make decisions about the goal with clarity and with certainty. If you don't know that your priorities are the custody arrangement, child support, and the retirement account, let's say those are your top three priorities. Nothing else matters. You're willing to negotiate on the rest. You have so much clarity then around decision-making. You have to be clear on your. If you don't know those things, if you haven't identified them, if you haven't articulated them on purpose, it will make it harder to make decisions and to stay in action. Step three be open to flexible solutions to get the result you want most, even if it doesn't feel good in this moment. For example, your ultimate result that you want is to get divorced. How you get there is going to depend a lot on your ex, right? It's a group project. It's a co-creation. So you may have this idea that, well, we're going to mediate and we're going to figure this out without court or without an attorney. But if your co-parent doesn't agree with that, you can't force it. You've got to be flexible in how you get there. And instead of fighting the momentum of where he's going, if you're clear on your goal, and you're clear on your priorities. You can say, "Okay, I guess I was wrong. We're going to both need attorneys, and this is how we're going to get to the end result." Doesn't feel good in the moment, but it keeps that end result in the priority.
0: Especially when you know how much you're going to spend per hour on that divorce attorney. Oh.
1: <laughs> it's so hard. And yeah. listen, these things—I this may be jumping the gun, but there's four, I talk about four costs of divorce. There's the financial cost, the time the emotional cost, and then there's the lost opportunity cost. Every moment you spend in your divorce, you are not out creating your life or available for opportunities in the future. Nobody talks about that. Mitigating those four costs, time, energy, money, and lost opportunity requires an empowered mindset and support. And the three actionable steps I just gave you, that framework will help you minimize those four costs. That's great information.
0: (laughs) Actually, in Motherhood Mindset episode 60, I was talking to Susan Pullman the other day and she actually had gone to a lawyer, was filing paperwork, was getting ready to serve her husband. And he had no idea. Unbeknownst to him, he thought, you know, everything's fine. (laughs) And she was not happy. He just was like, hey, I'm going on a business trip to Italy. Would you go with me? It just changed everything. So if people are actually If you don't have to go through divorce, check out episode 60 there. So that was an amazing story. So I've got some other questions for you. (laughs) There's a lot of people that have egos out there. They're power hungry and they they fight over the dog. But what happens if people don't do the work? What do they do? What is this going to be like? What is this going to look like for them? What should they
1: expect? I talk about the ego in terms of our survival brain. So our primitive survival brain is only interested in us surviving this moment, like the caveman brain. It doesn't care about long-term goals. It doesn't care about your reputation or your finances. It only cares about you being safe in this moment. And what happens when neither spouse is doing this work, the entire divorce is driven by fear and scarcity. All the decisions are made from not enoughness, all of the actions that are taken are protective or defensive. And it's not necessarily because anybody's a bad person. It's because they don't know how to manage that survival response. And they go through the whole divorce in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And it's impossible to create the best possible outcome when you are in survival mode.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Your life is really unhinging, right? I mean, it has to open up and the door closes to create new opportunity. And you've got mm-hmm. kids involved in your house and maybe your business, a partnership. And it's a lot less people find out about it. And it's like, oh my God, but maybe it's a great thing. <laughs> I mean, it looks, sounds like it's, it would be a great thing if you have come to this point where you're like,
1: I know it's time. How do you know when it's time? Mm, I think the answer to that is different for everybody you will just know. And I think especially for women, there is a sense that we're going to try everything. We're going to try everything. No matter what that looks like, it will be different for everyone. But there will come a moment where you have a knowing, and I'll offer that you can know that and never take action on it. We don't have to know things. Knowing things or making a decision about something doesn't have to require action. So you can know that that's what you want or what might be best, and you don't ever have to act on it. To circle back to what you said just a minute ago, I don't want to imply that when you become the CEO of your divorce, all of a sudden you're not afraid anymore. You are. It's so vulnerable. It's so scary. There's so much uncertainty, and our human brain's Hate it. Hate it. It's so hard. But doing that, this work helps you put your survival brain in the back seat, and you lovingly can bring your fear with you without letting it make the decisions for you. So, and then coming back to how you, how do you know? I think you just know.
0: What happens if the other person is just not willing to work
1: with you? They're just,
0: they're, they're doing everything like to create roadblocks, and it just seems like this could be so easy, but they're just stretching it out mm-hmm. for whatever reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What what What's the next step there? How do you navigate that?
1: I have a client. I just got off a call with her who is going through something like that. And the answer is you can only control you and you can advocate for yourself firmly and still be kind and in alignment with your values and your integrity and who you want to be. And three years from now, when you look back on this moment, I want you to love how you showed up. So that might mean you you have to get a lawyer, but you don't do it because you're going to show him and you hate him or you're afraid and you're frustrated. You do it from a place of power and groundedness that says, okay, I see this isn't going to work this way. So what's next? And you don't ever have to lose your cool. You can just you process your emotions separately, and then you make a very intentional t- intentional decision about how to proceed. In, in that case, it would require a lawyer, and you would take the journey through the legal system to get a settlement. I have a question
0: from a listener, and she said, when going through a divorce, what is your number one piece of advice as a mom of teens? She has heard before, just stay in the marriage for the kid's sake. I hate that advice. I know, isn't that terrible? It's like it's terrible. maybe divorce for the kids' sake. But what would uh-huh. what would be that one piece of advice for
1: moms of teens? My advice would be to let them know that you love them no matter what. They can be so angry at you. They might hate you. They might not miss, they may not understand, and you may not be in a position to be able to tell them all the reasons why this is happening and it doesn't matter. You love yourself, you ground yourself in love and then you show up and you say, listen, I know this is hard. I know you can't understand all of these adult things that are happening, but it feels like you should be able to at this age. And I'm willing to be the bad guy for as long as it takes and I will love you no matter what. And I will be here for you when you come back to me or when you wanna talk, even if that's 10 years from now. I'm never going to stop loving you. Them knowing that is so, gives them such a solid, safe foundation. And if they're angry with you, it means that they feel safe enough to be angry with you and it's okay. That is great advice. I am your advocate. I am your
0: dream defender. I am doing my best. You know, sometimes moms that they're like, you know, they feel like they're drowning and they're trying to save themselves. And so I know sometimes it can be frustrating, like they don't understand, or they're mad at me. And I'm the one dealing with all the the crazy. And, but it's like, just sometimes you just probably just got to get in the car and scream or sing to your favorite crazy loud songs, (laughs) bubble bath, and just go under the water and be like, ah, talk to your friends I'm sure there's a lot of things that you can do, you know, mitigate that. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. I definitely don't want to give the impression that you should just never have a negative emotion. The work is to process your negative emotion separate from how you're showing up with your kids or with your ex or in the divorce, because you don't want your negative emotion to be driving the car. And you don't want to be trying to solve your negative emotion when you're really sad because your child hates you or has said that he or she hates you and you're devastated and you try to show up with them to fix your devastation, like, please don't be mad. Let me help you understand. I really want you to be here. This isn't fair light. It doesn't, it's not effective. You can't solve the devastation. You have to process it. And then you can show up with them with love. And it doesn't mean you're not sad or upset about it. You're just very clear on how you're going to show up with them and that it's not their job to manage your emotions.
0: That's so true because everyone's got emotions. And by saying like, it's going to be fine. Don't cry. It's going to be okay. You know, maybe it will be okay further on, but everyone has those, what is it? Seven seven processes of grief and anger and all the things to get through. So we just hold their hand and let them know that they're safe, right? Yes. This is so good. Okay. I can't wait to get this episode out because people have been asking so much about this. Um, Are there any last thoughts of wisdom? I don't want to put you on the spot. If not, you can just tell us how people can get a hold of you.
1: Uh, I think I would just circle back to finding the support, whether it's professional or your friends, finding the support you need, not just during your divorce, but also after, and support that is in alignment with how you want to think and feel about this season of your life. And there's no wrong answer to that. But if you're listening to podcasts or you're reading books and you feel terrible after reading them, then it might be a sign that it's not quite aligned with where you want to be. And so to find a space for you somewhere to support yourself, not only is it going to mitigate the four costs that we talked about, you're also going to accelerate the amazing things that are ahead of you. They're going to come in so much faster.
0: Every day that they're laying in bed thinking, I feel like this is it. I need to make the decision. And then someone walks into the room, your daughter, and they're like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not coming back to this house when I leave for college or I'm not. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this person is not going to be taking me down and all the goodness ahead. If this person is out there thinking this entire time, this is the moment, then maybe this is the moment. Because like you said, it's accelerating the goodness. I love that. So true. So you gave the steps of number one, set the goal. The goal is get divorced, okay? Mm-hmm. Number two, be clear on your priorities. Is it child mm-hmm. support? Is it custody? Is it retirement accounts? And then number three, be open to get results. You're fighting for your life, or your freedom, for the goodness ahead. So Megan, it has been a pleasure talking to you today. I mean, empowering women to write a new story as the CEO of their divorce. It's really one of the greatest gifts. So thank you. Oh, thank
1: you for having me, Stephanie. I appreciate it.
0: Here's to living your best life. Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Until then... Here's to living your best life.